Welcome to Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Oda. Are you making the most of your experience as a spiritual being in physical form? Do you want to live with greater levels of peace and integrity? Today, Lisa and her guests will help you discover, uncover, and recover what's missing in yourself. Now, here's your host, Lisa Tremont Oda. Thanksgiving greetings, everyone. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration, your invitation to self-discovery. The intention of Sacred Exploration is to explore those aspects of life that we all experience and that we all have access to, but that we often leave underutilized. Things like how we feed ourselves, how we work with our dreams, and how we express love and romance. By understanding and expanding our practice in these areas, we can live out our highest and most authentic expression. Woohoo! Isn't that what life is about after all? Well, hard to believe, but it's that time of year again when we live the paradox of taking time out to be with family and friends while hustling and bustling about to spend time with family and friends. With Thanksgiving Day tomorrow, just around the corner here, chances are you're busy with last minute shopping, making cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, and toasted pecans, or perhaps driving hours in traffic to arrive at your loved one's home for the celebration. That's what I did. (laughs) I drove 10 hours yesterday with Waze taking me on a one and a half hour journey through side streets of LA before spitting me out on the freeway to bring my son Matt and his roommate Benga home from college. And even though we arrived past midnight with my rear a bit numb from sitting so long, I couldn't be happier. You see, Matthew is my baby, and he headed off to college this fall, leaving me to experience the so-called empty nest. And while I enjoy the fact that the house seems to stay clean without him around, I miss his presence, his laughter, his music, and his words. And that's why I've invited him and his roommate, Benga, to join me on the show today. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, how are you, Mom? I'm glad to be here. Thank you, son. Well, it's so good to have you home. Yeah. And so Hello. good to invite Benga into our home. Thank you for having me. It was quite a long drive, but made it made it through the night. Yep. Had to do a little drive switching, but It's a here. team effort, <laughs> and we are here now. Yes. And I use that word invitation quite specifically and intentionally because everything that we do is really an invitation to dance with the divine. Uh, We're in a co-creative process with the divine each and every day. So again, I can write a book, but it doesn't mean that much if you don't read it. And I can host a radio show, but it doesn't mean that much if you don't listen to it. And we can all prepare a Thanksgiving dinner, but it doesn't mean that much if our loved ones don't show up to enjoy it with us. So when I invite you to join me in these different aspects of sacred exploration, it's to remind us that we have a choice and that we can choose to dance more fully every day in that choice. Well, given that it's the day before Thanksgiving, I, I wanted to focus on food. Uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to remember with, with football games and the excitement of a four-day weekend and even a launch into the holiday shopping frenzy also known as Black Friday, that Thanksgiving Day actually began, as it names implies, uh, of giving thanks for the blessing of the harvest. And so that's where I'd like to focus our time and attention today, um, is on food and gratitude, gratitude for food, and how our relationship with food reflects and mirrors our relationship with the divine. So let's start with Gratitude, simple gratitude. I am so thankful, again, to have my family home for Thanksgiving, especially when the nest has been empty. Um, I, just, I just feel so present, so grateful to, to have a home to invite others into, to have a family who's open to inviting others into the home, and for the healthy presence and ability to bring everyone around the table. Uh, Matthew, uh, what, what are you grateful for? Um, well, you know, whenever I'm thinking about being thankful, I always think about just like the condition of my body because there's always those times when you have maybe like a bruised elbow or like a sore, a sore part of your body 
something's wrong, something's inhibiting you from walking or using your hand right. You, maybe you've got like an itch that's just constantly annoying you, but right now my body's free of any real ailments and I'm feeling good. It's uh, always good to just sit back and you know, take in the fact that your body is healthy and not inhibiting you in any way. I feel like I can do anything right now. Right. So very right. thankful for that. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because I often feel that way that really, ideally, we don't really want to feel our bodies unless we're in the throes of ecstasy. And, and, right. and, and you know, then there is a place for, for feeling the positivity of your body. But generally, you're right. We don't, we don't really want to feel it because when our bodies are making itself known, it's usually because there's a problem. That's true. It's crying out for help. Well, I, I'm glad you have, you're feeling good in your body too. Oh my gosh, that makes a mother's heart sing. We wouldn't want anything more. How about you, Benga? Um, I'd have to say after first semester of college, I'm grateful for all the good connections I've made, the strong friendships and great relationships that I hope will keep going on for more years. Yeah. And I'm thankful for both of you to have found each other as roommates. That's really key. Well, then I'd like to expand that gratitude into gratitude for food because Thanksgiving seems to offer us a unique opportunity to do that. I would say more than most holidays. Many other holidays have other things that we might focus on, uh, gift giving and Valentine's and flags and patriotism. But Thanksgiving's a secular holiday. It really, even though it it really did be, begin as a tradition of Thanksgiving for the harvest. And so what better holiday to really dive a little deeper and explore a little more our relationship with food. Uh, I would like to know, and I would invite our callers to call in, please call into our toll-free number at 1-888-346-9141 to share with us, do you express gratitude on Thanksgiving Day? And if so, how do you do that? And... If you don't, please let us know that too, because it's the uncovering of the acts that we don't do that invite us to change our ways and do something different moving forward. And truthfully, it's really, I think, unfortunately, quite common that we don't express gratitude for food every day. In modern society, food comes to us so easily, so easily that we rarely appreciate its origin. Uh, We can grab it off a supermarket shelf or from the deli counter. We can dine in our cars while we go through a drive-thru. We can get a meal from a vending machine. Uh, We can place our order online and have it delivered to our door. (laughs) I mean, there's all these ways of getting food that's so quick and fast. In in, In college life, I imagine you guys, you can just walk out the door and go to the dorm and you're served up a whole buffet of foods and just get to take your pick. Yep. Right, yeah. There's uh, food laying out at all times, even when it's not being eaten. There's like a lot of food that goes to waste, which is a big concern. I think it's good to, yeah, give thanks because a lot of times people forget that all the food we eat comes from other living things like vegetables, fruits are from plants, and our meats are from the animals. Hopefully you're living an imperfectly vegan lifestyle, so (laughs) you're not eating too many meats, but if you are... I think it's definitely important to recognize that you're taking the life of something else to sustain your own. Exactly. That's what the Native Americans did. They would uh, they would express their appreciation by offering sacrifice. Off, maybe it was tobacco that they would offer and sacrifice. And in so doing, they're demonstrating that we're both giving and taking in this act of, of gratitude. And, you know, while convenience isn't all bad, we can appreciate convenience, but again, our appreciation for what it really takes to bring food to our bodies can be very quickly lost and forgotten. And uh, like you pointed out, Matthew, I mean, really, everything starts from a seed. Right. And so we have, we plant the seed, we have the farmers who plant the seed, it needs to be nourished. Uh, it needs the sunshine to create the photosynthesis. It needs the rain to help it to grow. And then we need a lot of patience. We need a lot of patience, too, for the seed to sprout and uh, mature and then to eventually bear fruit 
or to be the grain that it's intended to be. Right. Just the time alone that goes into the making of any food. I just feel like it's so easily forgotten just because of, yeah, the convenience factor of how easily food is accessed here. Like these onions that we have in front of us on the table, each one of those layers, you know, must have taken days, you know, probably weeks to, to form each one. And it just kept expanding, growing nutrients, picking up more from the soil, those micronutrients, the the nitrogens, the, uh, you know, all that everything just grows into what we get to put as one single part of maybe our, our stuffing yeah. for Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> right. And then how conscious, how unconsciously do we so often eat that food? Um and then even, you know, after the onion's created, like you say, then, then we need the person to go out there and harvest it. We know people toil out there uh, every day in hot sun and poor conditions to, to harvest and, and then bring the food to the stores, to the market, the farmer's market, wherever we buy our produce. And uh, then we bring it home and, you know, prepare it and eventually create it into something wonderful and nourishing um, as opposed to something frozen. Yeah, that's uh, something we should give thanks to, you know, yeah. those people from the farmer's markets who dedicate their, their labor to just, you know, fostering good environments for those local produce. It's a lot of, you know, care and effort that goes into that compared to some of the more, you know, industrial ways of farming where it's not as much love that you feel is going into the food. It's not as much care for the life that these plants are really, you know, they, what they deserve. Exactly. And, and, and then we can ask, like, well, why is it that so few people express their gratitude for food? I mean, well, let me back up. Would you say, in all honesty, boys, <laughs> do you, I mean, I can hear you appreciating food as we talk about it, but in your daily life, when you sit down for a meal or when you, when you grab something to eat when you're walking to class, do you express gratitude for the food? Um, not often, you know, I kind of forget like where the food came from. It's, um, it's easy to, easy to forget where, what like the journey that food takes before it gets into my body. So I feel like I need to spend more time thinking about that because that, that makes a miracle of, food even more better so mm-hmm. that's true yeah yeah i feel like sometimes when i sit down with a plate full of food there will be like some like hankering just feeling in the back of my mind that's like oh wow yeah this is a lot of things that i'm just like taking all for myself and i might not even finish the whole plate like i always try to to you know have that gratitude but normally i don't you know have that moment of conscious thinking where i'm like oh i'm going to take a second to you know, consider everything that went into this food and like just truly express gratitude. Like, like you were saying, like, you know, there's a lot of times where I'll just grab a banana, head out the door and I'm definitely not thinking about my, uh, the process that it took to get that banana in any case. I'm just thinking about what like lab I'm about to do when I skateboard in like five minutes to class because <laughs> yeah. I'm in a rush. So I think the busyness, the busyness of our lives definitely gets in the way sometimes of the busyness and our disconnect our disconnect again of of in this modern society of everything being so available yeah Uh, it's we we've just really lost perspective i guess i would say on on how food makes its way into our bodies and you know we don't even have to really consider the whole journey that every food takes before it goes into our body Um, it could be really a simple act and we're going to talk about some of the ways that we can give gratitude to food Uh, When we return from break, we've got a couple more minutes here, but there are some uh, ways that we can take a moment, even just to, in that moment of of grabbing the banana, to just say, I'm about to eat this banana. And thank you, Mother Earth, Pachamama, Gaia, Father, Son, for this banana that's providing me nourishment. It could be like a simple prayer of Thanksgiving. How does it feel just to even think about that? You both kind of like got a smile on your yeah. face, like lighter. I feel like, I don't know, because it's so easy to get food, you kind of like forget that it's it's such an important part of our lives. So I think I do need to step back a little and think about that sometimes. Yeah, right. Get in touch with our, our Native American kind of like aspects, like you were saying, you know, if we were more involved with the process, like they certainly were, 
getting their food, which is such an important part of our lives, then it would be, I'm not, it's not an excuse, you know, by any means that we should forget to do something like that and show our gratitude. But I think it definitely makes it more of a, an effort, like more of something to think about for us as a, you know, the busy modern society that we are to really think about, you know, everything that's going into our food. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And after that, we'll be right back on Sacred Exploration to talk about giving gratitude for food. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Tremonota and Lisa Ferrer this February for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Lisa Tremont Ota, and you are listening to Sacred Exploration. I'm talking with my son, Matt Ota, and his roommate, Benga Komolafe, about the sacredness of food and giving gratitude to food. You know, uh, Thanksgiving is a national holiday celebrated in countries other than our own, including Canada, uh, Liberia, to name a couple. There are similar holidays in other countries like Germany and Japan. The Mexicans will celebrate El Dia de Gracias. But I think what's important to remember is that giving gratitude for food is an opportunity that we all share simply by being human. It's not just something that we get to do on Thanksgiving or encouraged to do on Thanksgiving, but every single day of our lives, even with every meal, I would argue. And that is really one of the reasons that I just absolutely love food as a symbol of the sacred, is that it gives us a lifetime of practice because food is sacred. We've talked about it coming up from the earth. I mean, we are human, we're spiritual beings in human bodies that live on a planet that provides us food to live on. And that is sacred. And so if we were to practice giving gratitude for food each time we ate food, that would be a practice in deepening our relationship with the divine. you know, one, what I speak of relationship, and we all have relationships. We have relationships with our children, our parents, our coworkers, our teachers, our neighbors. But have you ever really considered that you're in a relationship with food? 
Have you met? Um, I guess in the traditional sense of the word relationship, you know, that's not really what I, you know, tend to think about. But when you when you take a step back and really like uh, understand that it's a constant in your life, like I would say that I have a relationship with, you know, food, the earth, my house, my dorm room in college, relationship with a lot of things that aren't right, traditional. Right, really opens up the door, right? Right, yeah. Well, and I would I would propose that our relationship with food is one of our most intimate relationships of all, because unlike our relationships with people, like my relationship with you, now that you're in college, we talk often, we text more than we talk, <laughs> Yeah. but we don't do it every single day. I try not to be the uh, hovering helicopter parent. So we don't do that every day, but yet you and I both are engaged with food every single day. Every day, multiple times a day. Multiple times a Maybe day. Maybe only once a day in Benga's case, but um, <laughs> you know, different diets for different relationships, I suppose. Right. Well, we have all got our very own personal relationship with food. Not, none true. of us has a, the same relationship with food. We could say that. And food is something that we literally take into ourselves and that literally becomes a part of us. I, you know, I really can't think of anything else that we can say that about and that our relationship with food begins even when we're in the womb, when we're dependent upon our mother and what our mother is eating to, to provide for us. And then we're born and we're still pretty dependent upon our, our mother for food. And as we grow and develop and become more independent, we become more able to make our own choices about food, and, and that changes our relationship even then. Right. It's constantly undergoing transformation. You lose that mediator of the mother. Yeah. It's very interesting how, yeah, the first food that we ever intake is, you know, through the umbilical cord, and it's whatever our mom chooses to eat. Even, like, when we're born, we might, you know, be able to sway our, like, parents into or persuade them into giving us the food that we want just by whining or something. But <laughs> when you're a fetus, you don't have that kind of uh, willpower unless you're a really strong kicker. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely right. And, you know, you maybe I just thought of something about how this parallel between the child being in the womb and dependent upon the mother for nourishment. And then as we grow, we are all of us dependent upon the mother earth. Mm. For her nourishment and that she is the one that continues to provide for us. And so that's what I like to give gratitude for too, as we spoke about earlier, is, is Pachamama Gaia, Mother Earth, for her continual provision of an abundance of delicious, nutritious, healthful foods. Uh, it's, it's really us as a human society that ends up changing them and modifying them and genetically modifying them and processing the heck out of them to where they're, you know, it's a long shot to even call them foods anymore. Well, I thought it would be fun. One, one, one thing that I like to do in regard to this concept of relationship with food is to just explore some fun ways in which we can think about our relationship with food. So for example, do you, when you think of food, do you think of it as being juicy, tasty, and delicious? Or maybe you think of it as being burdensome, troublesome, and costly. Is, is food something that you take for granted? Is it something that just falls out of the heavens uh, for your use? Is it uh, like a friend, someone that's always there when you need her, right? Like how many times do we turn to food when we're bored or we're angry, right? Like the way we might turn to a friend when we're yeah. bored or we're angry or we don't want to deal with our school studies, right? Pick up something to eat. Yep. Uh, maybe it's like a marriage that has its ups and downs, but you're in it until death do you part, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe it's like an annoying pest, like just go away. I don't want to see you. Just go away. But it never does. It never does. Maybe it's like a gift to be enjoyed every day. You don't really know what's going to show up, but you know something's going to show up. What am I going to eat today? What am I going to have tomorrow? What's the surprise? Maybe it's like a breath of fresh air, something wonderful, but taken for granted. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know for myself, like, when I come out of a stressful exam or something, like, my first thought is just, like, freedom. And then with that freedom, I'm just like, wow, I would love to, 
you know, <laughs> have some food right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, like I'll, I'll get out of that test room and just take my skateboard, go straight to the dining hall and try to find something sweet. Usually I just need something to, I, I might not even be hungry to be honest. And I'll exactly. just feel like that's what I want to do. Because it's a reward. It's a, it's a reward. It's comforting. It's, you know, it's, there's no challenge involved in it. I just really go there, get to satisfy myself. I'm sure there's some, you know, dopamine involved in me just getting that food into my mouth and just... Uh, I may have helped lay that foundation too, who knows, but mothers are notorious for giving their kids food yeah. to calm them or pacify them, to keep them from acting out. Now, of course, being the nutritionist that I am, I think that I tried to refrain from that and, and, and use non-food alternatives as appropriate but there's no doubt we all use reward food for reward and the trick is trying to find healthful foods that can be used for that purpose rather than junk foods but it's kind of uh, it's unfortunate because even junk foods are used as like rewards a lot of the time like I can think of a lot of examples and sports practices growing up or something like training camps where you know there'd be a challenge like say hit a water bottle off of like a trash can with a tennis ball and rackets and the first kid to do it would get like uh access to the vending machine for free and the coach would be like you know promoting the uh just the skill aspect of like the it's a reward for for doing it and it's a it's a junk food it's a vending machine like you know so maybe when we shouldn't be glorifying the junk food it just comes that way like consequently like we might not even want it but we want to win we want what if we gave people a hug instead (laughs) (laughs) that might look funny on the basketball court i don't think i want to hug those sweaty coaches to be honest but (laughs) something different maybe like an apple instead of a chocolate bar yeah Mm. what you're thinking i like it (laughs) that crisp Mm, now, Benga, your your family I know originates from Nigeria. Yes. And you came to the states when you were just three. Yes. Oh, cute little Benga. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only imagine that your relationship with food, when you were there or when you go to visit there, it can be so different than your relationship with food here in the states. Yeah. Um, I feel like I take the variety of foods here for granted, you know. Here I can just walk down the street, see some Mexican food, Italian food, Chinese food, you know, but in a country like Nigeria, it's not that diverse. And so you're limited to what you can eat, but at the same time, I guess I'm appreciative of it because you don't really get that here. So it's a double-edged sword. Do you feel like it's uh, easy to slip into being unconscious and unappreciative of food again taking it for granted or do you feel because of your family's previous experience that that's something you can hold on to um I feel like my mom made me remember that because she grew up her family was really poor and so food wasn't as easy to come by as it is for us now so like a lot of things that I eat like on the on the daily she'd she'd like explain how getting to eat a chocolate bar was a reward for her Mm -hmm. but now we have like those stacked up in our (laughs) in our pantry Mm -hmm. and so that helped me to realize that food is just more than just eating like for some people it's celebration for others it's survival yeah survival and so Mm -hmm. I guess that helped me be more grateful for the daily food and my parents being able to provide for me. So I was never really hungry. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of it too, isn't it? Is perspective so that we don't lose our connection to where it's coming from and how fortunate we are, especially mm-hmm. in this country where we've got too much. We really have an excess of food. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits from a nutrition standpoint too, of giving gratitude for food is that it, it helps us to be in that state of consciousness. It helps us to slow down, actually. The act of appreciating the food before we put it into our mouth can help us to slow down. It actually takes 20 minutes for your brain to get the signal that your stomach is full. And I'm sure you guys know that 
it's easy to down a thousand calories plus within five minutes if you really want to. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. You know, or drink down that venti macchiato double whatever. And you know, it's gone and you've, you've consumed hundreds of calories, uh, perhaps unconsciously, even while driving, you're consuming all these calories and then it might be easy to grab something else. Or again, if you're around the Thanksgiving table and you're eating and there's all kinds of food in front of you and going for the seconds before you've really slowed down enough to give your brain that chance to receive the signal that your body's content. Because when we go back for the food after that, we're going back because, again, we either want something to do, uh, because we're bored, because we're afraid we're not going to get gravy and sweet potatoes and stuffing again for another year, which isn't really true. (laughs) But we, we play these mind games that have us thinking that we need to eat more than we actually do. So there's there's really a lot of benefit to slowing down and giving gratitude uh, as well for the physical body. Um, again, Matthew, why don't you have our callers uh, call in for us here? Oh, yes. I'd like to make another request to the audience that um, our number, if you want to call in and talk to us, is 888-346-346. 9141. That's 888-346-9141. All right. Well, in each Sacred Exploration show, I am going to do an imperfectly vegan moment. And as I mentioned in last week's show, our first episode, imperfectly vegan is a term that I created to invite everyone to participate in a lifestyle that will be more healing for individual, communal, and environmental well-being. And that is a more plant-based diet. One of the reasons I came up with the term imperfectly vegan is because of Thanksgiving. I used to, when I was doing my work as a registered dietitian, I had a patient once in the hospital. He was like a 70-year-old man who just had a triple bypass and had high cholesterol. And so I was given about, oh, 10 minutes to educate him and change a lifetime of habits uh, about ways in which he can improve his condition. And naturally, one of the ways would be to reduce his intake of cholesterol-laden foods. Now, cholesterol only comes in animal foods. I love this fact. Animal foods provide cholesterol. Plant foods do not. You will not find cholesterol in any plant food. Even high-fat plant foods like avocados do not contain cholesterol. So anyways, as the story goes, I'm discussing this with him, and he said, well, there's no way I'm not going to eat turkey on Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I'll never forget that. And I thought, well, fine, have turkey on Thanksgiving, but try to steer clear of animal foods as much as you're able. And there's so much that we could do to benefit our health and the planet by cutting back on our consumption of animal foods. This is just from a health standpoint. We also know that this is going to benefit the environment and your pocketbook and uh, our communities as a whole. And, of course, the animals themselves. Because at the end of the day, no matter what reason we arrive at a more vegan lifestyle, it's going to be good for the animals. That's the bottom line. Their lives will be spared. And so this concept of imperfectly vegan, again, is an invitation. It's it's not about being perfect. It's not about being absolutist. It's about going with the flow Uh, learning and growing how to follow a more plant-based diet, which is really quite delicious and nutritious. And and once you hook into it, it's so much easier than you might imagine. And that's one of the things we're going to discuss as the weeks continue with the show is all the different ways in which being imperfectly vegan will increase your vibration on the planet, will help you to stay strong and healthy and thus make the most of your life as you live it. So we've got a couple minutes till break. Again, call us and let us know the ways in which you give gratitude for food or let us know if you don't and and what you might do differently 
next time. Uh, we're always in exploration here. Remember, Imperfectly Vegan, it's, it's not a destination. It's a journey. One day you may, quote unquote, do well, and another day you may not. So we're going to go to break. I'm Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Trimonota and Lisa Ferrer this February for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and I'm delighted to be here with Matt Ota and Benga Komalafe speaking about food and giving gratitude for food. Well, we were speaking about being imperfectly vegan, and Matthew, you recently wrote a paper in which you began by saying that the most difficult conversations are sometimes the ones that need to be had the most. And that's exactly how I feel about discussing this topic of being imperfectly vegan, especially at a time when most every family in America will present a dead stuffed turkey as the centerpiece to their Thanksgiving dinner. So it's, it's a difficult conversation to have, but a really important one. And again, we're not saying you don't have, you, you know, you can't eat turkey on Thanksgiving, but at the very least be conscious of it. And maybe you'll do something different in the future. And, you know, also the way we do, uh, prepare turkey at Thanksgiving time is more akin to the way the Native Americans would do it, where they would sacrifice an animal and make it a big presentation, gather lots of loved ones around in, in a ceremonial fashion and all share of it and all partake of it. So right. it, it's, it's more Native, really. Um, there's a little bit more consciousness given to the act than getting your turkey sandwich at Subway or something like that. Right, like the turkey is definitely celebrated on Thanksgiving. Like we all, you know, everyone gets excited for the turkey. Everyone, it's like the centerpiece of the table. It's um, just a big, big thing rather than right. very menial. And, yeah. you know, like a sandwich. and strict vegans would not like perhaps for us to say this at all. Um, but my background is that of a public health nutritionist. And what that means is that it's important to understand where people are coming from because we're not going to move anyone away from eating animals if we make an outright statement that that's just not allowed um, or that they're wrong for doing it. We need to educate. Yeah, I think a a gradual shift has more likelihood of 
you know, taking hold in our society and like our culture just as a whole, then trying to make each person completely 180 just like, and then have them kind of snowball into everybody. I think that's kind of a lot to ask for and pretty hard to accomplish. So I think if like the whole nation or at least as many people as can be changed just, you know, step by step, that'll as a whole, like, you know, shift just the way things are being done. Like we already see more vegan restaurants popping up and more, you know, recipes being done or in interest of people not looking to eat meat but absolutely um it's like with yeah. children actually they you're not supposed to give up at the first time you present a new food to a child uh when they say they don't like it you don't give up you, you want to try maybe 10 or even a dozen different times and it's important to or helpful at least to present that child with a new food when they're with other children who like that food. Yeah. So trick more that more, kid. Trick make that him, kid. Make him That's what I do with you. Oh, he we've got a caller to. on the line. Susan from Los Angeles. Susan? Hi, Lisa. Hi. Yeah, Suzanne. Hi. Suzanne. So I'm racing around, getting all of the things done on my to-do list and enjoying very much this reminder that uh, I should keep my eye on the prize and remember what, uh, what I'm doing all of this crazy activity for. Exactly right. Are you uh, you're preparing and hosting in your own home? I am, and uh, you know, and of course, life doesn't stop. So it's just extra on top. All of the you know errands and prep cooking, and and I'm blessed in that I get to do it with my kids. I have two teenagers who are by my side doing every every bit of it. But um, it's still a lot to take on, and it's easy to get stressed out. You know. It is a lot to take on, and we could have the best of intentions, the most lovely of intentions, and then they can just dissolve as we get rather crazed and stressed and attending to everyone's needs. So it's true. Do you do you have any practices that help you through those times? Yeah, my my uh, so my immediate family is just pretty much me. And my two children and my husband. And I don't have any extended family. I don't have parents. I don't have siblings that are anywhere around my life. And so it's mm-hmm. become sort of this uh, new generation of rituals that we've created as we go. And, you know, there's that old classic thing about, you know, every party you ever host ends up in the kitchen with everybody hanging mm-hmm. out in the kitchen. And um, right. and that's the, that's the center of my connection to the village I've created and my kids. You know, I, I think the the way that we connect to the divine through one another takes place primarily in that room, you know, and that's been my day to day between all of the trips to stores. We keep coming right back to the centerpiece of our home, which is the kitchen and working side by side. And I was uh, laughing on the phone with a friend yesterday about how, you know, my secret weapon and, and maybe your son, Matt, by the way, it's been such a pleasure to listen to him and his friend. Uh, I've really enjoyed hearing you guys. Um, <laughs> thank you, Suzanne. But, thank you. Thank you. So uh, we were laughing about the fact that our secret weapon in trying to keep our teenage sons interested in coming to our house regularly is food. You know, mm-hmm. it's the way we, way we maintain <laughs> that, you know, sort of regularity is the fact that, you know, these certain days of the week, there are really good meals here for you to come home and, and you know, connect around. And um, Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm so glad, you know, so, some animals you can train really well with food, and my kids are primarily food motivated as well, you know. <laughs> right. Well, so many of us They're are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. It's true. So, um, yeah, so it's been a great show to listen to. Thank you. Oh, thank you for calling in, Suzanne. And I, I wish you the most blessed Thanksgiving with your family. Thank and, you so um, much, you as well. Thank you. Well, you know, what she brings up is really as important. It's going back to the hustle and bustle of our, of our everyday activities, even around food itself. And so one technique that Suzanne and others can use, we all can use, is the simple act of breath and taking a deep breath. <sighs> I'm take one right now. And it's immediately how, uh, noticeable how much we slow down our mind and, and our bodies when we take that deep breath. And we can invite the others around us who are in the kitchen to also take a deep breath alone or even with us. And right. um, that way you can, you know, escape the busyness like you were talking about, like both of you were saying how, you know, preparing for Thanksgiving dinner might be a stressful time, but then 
you might even be stressed out like while all your family members are there and you're still cooking right up to the last minute when dinner is happening. But by taking that breath, you can, you know, regain awareness of your surroundings, realize that you're in the kitchen, like Suzanne said, with your family, recognize who's there, just like feel the togetherness of everybody there because it is the journey right it's not the destination of okay the dinner's on the table everything's there but recognize the the journey coordinated efforts of everybody because you know there shouldn't be you know too many of those people just standing around the room just drinking their beers back having a low-key conversation you know i like that i feel that's a good everybody (laughs) everybody should have a part at least you know be the salad mixer be the the corn husker Mm. you know the take potato your, masher. Right. Yeah, that's me usually. So. That's you. Exactly. That's why I said it. <laughs> this is a reminder of what's coming down the pike. Um, you know, uh, so in talking about different ways that we can give gratitude, we've, so there's the breath. Uh, many people will stand around the table and say a prayer. And in fact, this is one of our family traditions is we'll all stand in the kitchen and we hold hands, everybody who's there, whether it's two of us, four of us, or 30 of us hold hands and have somebody express some words of gratitude. Usually, uh, traditionally, it's been my mom, although I'm starting to assume that role now. Uh, But she would always lead us in some prayer using her words. Another option might be to have everyone in the room go around and just say one word of gratitude or a short phrase. It might be food. It might be home gathering, love, thanksgiving, and the list can go on and on. For some, it might be a song. Maybe there's a song that is a family tradition that can be sung. Uh, It doesn't even have to be your own words. Uh, One of my very, very favorite uh, pieces of gratitude comes from the German theologian and mystic Meister Eckhart. And he says, If the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. So sometimes it can be that simple act of saying thank you, like when you're off to class and you've got that banana, just looking at it and saying thank you is enough. And it's so much more than not doing that at all. It's true. I think it's important that also while you're saying that is, I mean, don't just like you know, blankly say thank you. I mean, I'm sure, yes, thank, right. thank, thank you alone is itself more than a lot of people would choose to do. But I think, yeah, taking that like moment to consider who exactly you're thinking or what you're thinking, mm-hmm. or, like what collaborative efforts you are thinking that that just like, you know, accentuates the gratitude that you're offering out to the world and think it will come back to you in turn. Exactly. And I'd also like to throw out um, two more examples of of ways in which we can express gratitude. One of them is really a form of an eating meditation, but it's one that I think that we could practice every day before eating. And that is, if you look at a piece of food, right now we have some hot apple cider in front of us. Okay, so I'll, I'll carry you two through the exercise. Now, you can't touch it exactly or anything, but oh, okay. just using your eyes first, what do you see? An empty cup. Oh, you drank yours. <laughs> so apple cider. You're looking at mine. Uh, so you so see apple cider. Nice. Yeah, autumn colors. Mm. You see dark orange and brown. It's nice and clear. Not viscous. What form is it? Liquid. Right. A plus, bingo. Okay. And then, of course, can you smell it using your nose? What do you smell? It smells great. Cinnamony. Right, the spices, yeah. That's what hits you, yeah. Okay, and now here's where the magic happens. Go ahead and take a sip. And as you do, listen with your ears. And I'm sure our audience can hear the, the slurping and the swallowing, the eyeing. And then the taste comes in. What do you taste? Some great apple cider. <laughs> and then this, let's see, we just smell, taste, oh, and touch. We can't exactly touch this one, but you can touch the cup. And what do you feel? It's nice and warm. Warm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the warm. So I love this about food. I think it's the only thing that really nourishes our five senses. 
That's why when people go to the, the movies, they can see the movie and they can hear the movie, but they can't touch, smell, or taste the movie. So what do they do? Eat popcorn. That's it. <laughs> right? Or same with the couch the potato. Same with the couch there. potato. They, they all, everything wants to be happy. All the senses want to be satisfied, and food's the only thing that does that. So again, one of the reasons we might turn to food when we're bored, angry, lonely, whatever the reason, even excited, is, is we're craving all this sensation. Well, this Thanksgiving, we can take the opportunity to slow down and taste the food that Suzanne and other people across the country will be spending many hours preparing and to really appreciate its colors and its taste and its smell and touch and yeah. all the Isolate senses. each of those senses, make each one of them get a full experience, you know. And I like this exercise, too, because it can also be done in silence. This is not something that has to be a prayer that you share with everyone. It could be something that you do for you and in gratitude to the Mother Earth for her provision and to the many people who have prepared the foods and cultivated the foods. Beautifully said. So, well, gosh, that we're, we're nearing the end of our close here. Uh, thank you all for joining us on this journey into what I like to call the sacred art of eating. Thanksgiving presents us with a very unique opportunity to dive a little deeper and explore a little more our relationship with food, our lifelong dynamic and enduring nourishing relationship with food, the one that literally becomes a part of us each and every day. I'm going to read that quote just one more time from Master Eckhart because I love it so much. Again, he says, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. And so I thank you for joining me, Lisa Tremont Ota, on Sacred Exploration. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today for Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Oda. Be sure to listen to our program again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.